Theater group. Uh, we've got Parker Thompson and Kit Pellegrini. Hello. Hi there. Uh, Parker is event staff. Uh, Kit, you're like talent buyer. Yes. Talent Who buyer. Word money. And uh, eh. <laughs> <laughs> and Parker uh, Parker uh, works with uh, Pete's Pops. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. You know the the frozen treat uh, spot. Premier popsicle place located at 38th and Fleet Street. I gotta plug that. Do you do? <laughs> I wasn't told to either. That's just I just like to. You have to. I mean, we're all about plugs in Mr. Nice Guy. Blue yeah. Moon. Mm. Yeah, Blue Moon Popsicle. It's great. Not the beer. It's based off the ice cream. And if you haven't had the ice cream, you should just set aside a date and just try the. Ice I, cream. I haven't had a Pete Pop yet. <laughs> Mom, I haven't, I haven't peated a pop yet. I, I really dropped the ball on like just like bringing a few over. Oh, That'd really be like a. I well, instead, instead you brought the Sprecher hard seltzer. Yes, Sprecher hard seltzer. Yeah, um, yeah. Sprecher is getting into the old, uh, hard seltzer game. I think they just came out with it like today, um, and this is their old-fashioned one. So, cheers, boys. Cheers, good guys. old podcast. Yeah. Woo! Pod. Woo! Mm. Well, thank God Pete isn't trying to make a podcast. <laughs> not bad. Not bad. I can... Not bad. It's, uh, yeah, it's very, uh... You can tell they're going for the seltzer. Yeah, so. mild mild flavor, not overwhelming. But not super, like, sweet, like, sugary either. I'm, yeah, I'm getting, like, I definitely, like, there's a bit of a bitter, like, uh, afterkick to it. I was gonna yeah. say, it seems like they added more bitters than Yeah. Mm. I'm about it. Yeah, so, as am I. Um, Works fine. Yeah, it does. Uh, so, we just, uh... I was fortunate enough to, um, I went to the King Gizzard and Lizard Wizard concert last weekend, and I was fortunate enough to run into these boys. Uh, yeah! <laughs> yeah! And, um, yeah, I was going by myself, uh, which I usually go to a lot of shows by myself, but, um, I went up to, so it was, like, at capacity on the ground level, so, uh, I had to go up to the, uh, balcony, and as I get up there, I see, uh, Abe Vargas and uh, Jess Feruza, shout out both of them. Shouts, yeah. Shouts, yeah. And uh, I'm like, oh, hey guys, what's up? And uh, they're like, oh yeah, we're waiting for, like, Parker's like gonna be right back, and Kit's coming later, and uh, next thing you know, like, we're all seeing the show together. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then, uh, Kit, you were so kind to uh, direct us to the box seats on the <laughs> left side. Yeah. And, we had the fucking tower lives. We that were like so right. Good. We were right above the pit. Mm -hmm. It was. We got to see like the anarchy, like from above. It's the best part. And the amazing was, spinning wheel. Yeah. Psych yeah. like rock band. <laughs> and like uh, Ambrose Kenny Smith, the keyboardist of mm -hmm. uh, of King Gizzard, was right below us, and he was like. We got twirling. Right, right, he's twirling around. The dance moves, man. He's, he's, uh, it's really funny how much he himself just engages with, with the yeah. fans or whatever. Okay. You know, obviously he's not, you know, he's got a little bit of, uh, wiggle room, but. Right, right, right yeah. yeah. Literal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. But he was, yeah, he was definitely, like, I could tell he's, like, the quirky guy of the band. Oh, yeah. yeah, but, um. There's already memes of him doing the dance moves looking up at us. Oh, yeah. And, and, Somebody made a t-shirt or anything. <laughs> it's a whole merch line. Right. Yeah, the whole fan group is pretty great. For yeah, but really that was 
an amazing show. They went hard for two hours. Uh, they played with like the the thrash metal energy of their newest record, Infest the Rat's Nest. Um, which is a really fucking good record, <laughs> by the way. Uh, but they also sprinkled a lot of their old songs in, too. They did a yeah. live debut of one of their like old songs, I think, that was on like Oddments or something. Yeah. Like Down the Sink. Yeah, yeah. Down the Sink. Yeah. Yeah. I, think that, I think that was on uh, Gumboot Soup. Or Gum, yeah, sure. Yeah, I think so. Um, oh, yeah, I mean, being, being able to play with such a large mixed ba- bag and having the threat to put out more than one album a year uh-huh. or just over a certain time frame, like... It's really, it's really good that they're like, hey, you know, why not change up our show every night mm-hmm. yeah. as opposed to have the same thing and everybody expects it. Well, right. that's the wild thing about a band like them is that they, they have a discography as deep as somebody like Fish or yeah, The right. Dead or yeah. any of those other huge bands. So like it's Bones, the, yeah, the rapper. Yeah. To the point that like, there's a chance that you're going to get a completely different set or you're going to get a song that they've never even played before yep. and then it turns into a fandom where people yeah. are actually chasing down songs. Yeah. Another band that does that is your favorite band, Modest Mouse. <laughs> different set every time. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Totally. They're just so good. Yeah. Oh, right, right. Yeah, they... I've heard their... I was talking about this with Parker before you walked in, but, like, I've heard, like, I've heard that they're very hit or miss because they get so drunk. Yeah. Yeah. When I saw them, I saw often. Yeah, I saw them in Chicago with brand new three years ago at the Huntington Bank Pavilion, and that was a, that was a really good show. But I heard like that Madison show, that free one that was like two years ago. I heard it was kind of shit because they like. It was that, well, it was after that long hiatus though too. Mm. Like, what, like five years of not playing. Yeah, right. it happens. But um, I'm excited to see what they do for opening for Black Keys. Yeah. Or I guess strong support. I don't know. Yeah, that's still it's a weird world <laughs> to me where they're having yeah. like these double co-headline bills, but like low key, one of them is actually just the support artist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, can sell the arena themselves. Right. I don't know. It's weird. It's I a cool. Did you see that at the rave? Yeah. How was that? Was it good? It was fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hate the rave. Sure. Yes. Yeah, as do I. I can't um, last time I went. Yeah, last time I was at the rave, I believe, was for. Uh, for Flaming Lips and Mac DeMarco, I think. See, that's uh, the that's the thing is like they pull an artist like that, you really are like you can't yeah. pass that up. Because then, if what the other closest show would be in Chicago or yeah. Minneapolis, you know, right? We're you know we're able to get those some of those shows in Wisconsin now where they'll hit up Madison, um, yeah. which which is good cause to see that they're they're like you know music scene is thriving as well. Right, right. Still be yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just one of those it's just one of those things being in Milwaukee that you're just like, ah, you need to come here. Yeah, exactly. We want you to come see Milwaukee. Oh, it's so frustrating. It's I, not for a lack of trying, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I think I've seen a lot of artists like some of the some artists that are a little more low profile, like will definitely cross through like Madison, Milwaukee and Chicago, but mm-hmm. the uh, like a lot of the bigger acts will it's like they're playing in Chicago. That's the closest yeah, for it's miles. Yeah, and you have to make that commute, which I usually don't mind doing if right. if I really really want to see that artist that bad. Mm-hmm. But Milwaukee, it's shameful like to see like so many artists like mm-hmm. skipping us when yeah. we do have so much not only a thriving music scene ourselves, but just people that will pay and go see the band. Totally. Absolutely. You know? Well, we have all these people in the suburbs and everything who 
are deprived of culture, so <laughs> <laughs> might as well get them down into right. the city. And they'll spend money, just depends on who the act is. And yeah, it's really right. a very different demographic, too, than Chicago, yeah. which is unfortunate. Yeah, right, yeah. But, um, but I mean, Paps Theater Group does phenomenal work uh, oh, pushing that for you. Yeah, you're well. Right well, you guys, most of, like, you know, uh, I, I'd say, like, most of like uh, my favorite bands that come through town like are either playing at the Riverside or the Pabst. Um, like I saw explosions in the sky at the Pabst uh, two years ago, and it was their first time in Milwaukee in like like seventeen, eighteen years or something like that. Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Oh <laughs> That's a hiatus. It was. Yeah. <laughs> Like Beck played at Riverside two years ago for the first time in like twenty years. Yeah, um, it's cool. Like, um, and it's wild how many people we end up getting before the blow up too, mm -hmm. which is a crazy thing when you look back on past shows. Like mm -hmm. uh, Casey Musgraves played at the Pabst, then played at Riverside, then went straight to fucking Bradley Center. Yeah, and now it's she's she's gone or right, right. she's out right. of the realm yeah. of doing any sort of theater thing, but it's cool to be able to provide that kind of space for artists to grow. I mean, we've done that with Mumford & Sons, they started at Turner, then they went to Riverside, then they went up to... It's like a hierarchical uh, yeah. like ascension. Yeah. And actually, Pabst did um, that Mumford Son, Mumford & Sons show at the Marcus Amphitheater back in like mm -hmm. 2013. Mm -hmm. So it's thankfully creating enough of a relationship with artists where we can still be involved and Mm -hmm. Bring them to different venues in the city, which is a huge thing too, because the city, we all are trying to work mm -hmm. together as much as we can. Yeah, yeah. agreed. Yeah. We've got enough. We've got enough places to go. Like, right. Yeah. <laughs> right. The venues are there. Right. Totally. <laughs> they are. Yeah. We just. Um, yeah. They've been opening a couple all ages venues around town recently. Like we've mm -hmm. been working on, the new state uh, has been uh, manifesting. Uh, it's still got some work to do, but like. The funding is getting there, and then the X-Ray Arcade and Cudahy. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, no, the it's venues are... a very cool punk place. Yeah, yeah. venues are, are fucking here, mm -hmm. you know, like... Milwaukee's music scene is, uh, you know, at the pinnacle right yeah. now, um, so... Um, but it's also, you know, I'm just... Uh, it's great that you guys get to, like, actually work behind it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, yeah, so that being said... Um, so what we talk about in Mr. Nice Guy, we examine love, fear, inspiration, motivation, passion, all that kind of stuff. Uh, I know back in the day, um, like uh, when we were still in school, I talked it to you guys. <laughs> right. longer than it was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, no. Like, but, yeah, like two years ago, yeah. I remember we were like, I was talking to you guys and we were like, oh yeah, it'd be fun if we like, you know, did something like with the music scene, like a podcast mm -hmm. or something mm -hmm. like that. Two years later, we're here doing a uh, podcast. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. exactly. <laughs> right. You just, you got to plant the seeds somewhere and, you know, you, you it's ever, usually you the have, drunk conversation. Yeah. yeah. You have those times results. where you're like, oh man, you know, it'd be so good. And then think of all those times that you didn't just like put it as a text in your phone. Mm -hmm. And then, but you know, if you're able to and you come back to it and you're just like, oh shit, you know, yeah. but having it in here, you know, I can start 
start working my way up. Right, we have the tools to do it. Yeah, man. And I remember it wasn't even a truck conversation. Parker and I were in the library. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> one, of, one of like a handful of times I had spent in the actual library. <laughs> yeah. Six years there. Uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But we talked about how like, you know, we, we love music. We want to like uh, examine the uh, emotional and just um, passion. the passion behind oh, like, the music, which yeah. is... Uh, a hugely part of like the music writing I do for Break and Entering mm-hmm. and um, yeah and it's like uh, you know you guys have always been fellow music lovers uh, mm-hmm. it's always the, like the topic whenever I see you guys <laughs> it's the easiest thing for me <laughs> right it's right. the topic when we go home together yeah yeah. yeah yeah but I mean it really is like you know I like to say I've said this a million times on this show but like you know music is the closest thing we have to magic and uh and it is, if there's any universal way to bring people together, like music is one of the, you know, forefront ways to, you know, get people, you know, uh, grooving or vibing mm-hmm. all in one place at one time and feeling like in that moment together, mm-hmm. uh, which is why concerts are very, very like, uh, you know, it's a very personal experience. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. Everybody has a different experience yes. while they're there. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I thought, like, I kind of grew a little, like, uh, tired of going to festivals. Um, I wanted to do more intimate concerts. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Because right. <laughs> I know you guys were about that, too, uh, yeah. for a while. It was just, festivals can just get a little bit exhausting. You mm-hmm. know, it's a lot of money. It's a lot of time. Planning. Planning. Yeah. And sometimes it's just not what it's totally cracked up to be. I right, mean, yeah. the biggest thing for me is when you're in a venue or you're in a theater, whatever it may be, you know, there's standing room places, um, yeah. the difference of being able to actually see the facial expressions or actually see somebody playing an instrument is huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I just went to Lala because Childish Campino was there. Uh. One of the last chances to see him. Yeah. But it still wasn't quite as, like, special as I think it could have been because I had to watch a big video board most of the time. Yeah, yeah. He still looked like an ant really far away from me. I didn't have my glasses. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I was looking at it. I felt like I was watching the TV, but I could still see him performing, and that was what the important thing yeah. is. But in the theater, it's just so much more different. It's, it's you know intimate, and you become right, addicted yeah. to it, especially when you've got box seats. Of yeah. It happens very That was often. as intimate as it could have gotten. Exactly. Oh God, and like it still would have been great to be in the crowd. I mean I still went down and did a crowd surf anyway. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> yeah. But I still would prefer to be able to be comfortable and have a full view because, you know, boys short. Yeah. <laughs> right. Hard to look over even yeah. him sometimes if he's standing in front of me. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's it's true. A little bit rough. Yeah, I, I agree. Like, I went to Lala, like, every year for, like, four years. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, like, the thing my friends from high school and I would do. Like, yeah. It was, like, our way of, like, we were all gone from college, and uh, this was us, us, like, reuniting and doing something special and fun together. And Totally. And wouldn't give it back for anything. It was still, like, you know, uh, like, I remember my last year going was 2016, and I remember, like, I was one of the Probably the best Lala I had because there was like Radiohead, Ch- Chili Peppers. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was real. Yeah. Rocker. Yeah, Rocker. fucking. Uh, I think like Yay Sayer was playing that year, and Jane's Addiction, 
and Grimes, LCD sound system. Oh, like, that was a really, really wow. good year. Yeah, mm -hmm. especially for your personal yeah. taste. Right. I know how much you like a lot of those. Oh yeah, you know, yeah. you know it. So <laughs> I, so, but I still spent most of the time by myself because sure. like, a lot of my friends are really into like the, the EDM shit and yeah. like they're kind of like, you know, they break off and do their crowd shit. And I'm there like, cause I, yeah. you know, I'm like, call me like a, a pitch, a pitchfork band lover, but like I like a lot of like the bands that mm -hmm. play and like, mm -hmm. and I mean we still got to see some shows together, but like that was that's usually what I would go for, and that's just not what a lot yeah. of my friends would do. Yeah. So that's why like I also just prefer. It's like I'd like to just see the same band playing at Lala. I'd rather see them when they come to town at Turner Hall mm -hmm. or the back room mm -hmm. or perhaps Riverside. I'll even go to the rave if I have to. Yeah, <laughs> right. If it really comes down to it. Right, right. Despite work. Despite <laughs> the safety violations, but that's a different story. Uh, Moving on. Yes. That's that's a sip of the tea right yeah. there. Mm -hmm. okay. Right. <clears throat> that's an expose waiting to happen. <laughs> but um but point being is like, you know, I, I've had the best concert experiences when the artist makes eye contact with me, like in the in the crowd. Um, when you know, I just uh, see other people in town that also love this band and are seeing them with me or just sharing this moment. Yeah. Um, you end up seeing friends who you didn't yeah. know were going to be there. That are like, oh, you like this band? <laughs> yeah, of course. When I, I saw... Let me tell you something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's been a long year of just right. uh, yeah. head down in it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, when I saw of Montreal at uh, Turner Hall, like, three years ago, like, I remember... Yeah, seeing this girl that, like, I knew she had good music taste, um, my friend McKenna, uh, I was like, oh, shit, I didn't know, like, you were, like, you were, like, into this band, and I was, like, just so excited, I saw them, like, with my friend Max, too, and, like, it was his first time seeing them also, and, like, now I'll tell you something about Elf Montreal, you know, like, it's that kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> Here's my experience with it and why yeah. I'm here. Right. Let yeah. me tell you, let me hear why you like them that much. Exactly. And it's a, it's much more of a personal connection mm -hmm. at that point when you can see them in something much more. Yeah. So, so you guys, like, uh, so how has been, how has working for the past, how has that, like, sort of, uh, Transformed like the scope of the live music experience for you guys. Parker, we'll start with yeah. you. Yeah, um, I think the overall experience, uh, especially just being like an event staffer, so you're you're there night of uh, handling any sort of problems. You know, whether it's scanning tickets, stamping people, um, which I have to say, um, a while ago the Onion came out with an article uh, talking about how. Uh, a uh, concert attendee needs verbal verification that the stamp you just give them will get them back in after they have a stamp. <laughs> yeah. And like... Nothing more real. Dude. Uh, from an onion article. You can't... I can't even quantify the amount of... The amount of times in the past year I've worked with them, um, how many times that happens. It's like... I, I get the people that come up and ask before I even give them a stamp and ask if there's a way to go in and out. Um, but it's the people that after I stamp them, they're like... So this gets me back in. Just like, yeah, man. I wouldn't. I wouldn't yeah. do it otherwise. Really? Um, I'm not just trying to boot you out. But I'm spending I, money at the bar. I really think. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's a, that's the thing. I really think like my um, experiences with a lot of drunk concert goers has kind of been like a 180 
in terms of like, oh man, I was probably just like this my first time coming to shows or whatever, or yeah. you know, hitting the sauce a little hard. We so were that. <laughs> we were those drunk fucks at Summerfest. Oh, that man. one year. The responsible <laughs> drunk fucks. Yeah. Not yeah. the not the ones who smuggle in a 750 liter of New Amsterdam and polish it off. It sounds and like you're saying this from experience, Parker. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Honestly, it was. What are you implying? It was a person. No, no, no. It wasn't even that. It was a person. Uh, at a show at the Rave. I don't even know what show it was at, but they were, and it was like the glass bottle of New Amsterdam. And I'm like, first of all, how? Second of all, you look 17. Right. Yeah. Third of all, you can't stand up if it wasn't for this just mosh of people. Yeah. You're just like laying on people. Yeah. Um, but no, whenever, whenever people like at shows think that like, oh my god, I'm holding up the line because I, I can't pull up my ticket right away or whatever, a lot of times, it's not your problem. Like, there's nobody behind you. Everybody's waiting. It's not a rut. You know, you got here on time. Yeah. You yeah. know, so. Um, I think definitely on the front of house things like that, you start to realize how many more people are just like you, where they're mm -hmm. a little bit paranoid. They're yeah. a little bit jarred up. They don't quite know if they're doing everything correctly. Yeah, right. They spent the their money. They mm -hmm. did all that. Mm -hmm. But you'd start to kind of realize, like, it's fine. Yeah. And that's where, that's yeah. why people like Parker are there to like make sure they get in and all right, mm -hmm. they understand what's all going on, mm -hmm. and they're gonna have a great show. Nothing is better than having, you know, let's say I'm at Turner and there's a person that wants to step outside regularly for a smoke or whatever. So you, over the course of the night, you just have this repertoire with them and making jokes about whatever. And, yeah. Oh, am I still gonna get in with the stamp? It's like, I remember you, man. Don't yeah, worry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cracking jokes and stuff. And just, you know, just kind of being like, we're not just robots here to scan your ticket and push you into the venue. Like, I'm just as much trying to go to shows as that person is. Yeah, so. for sure. <laughs> yeah, totally. Kit, what do you think? How does it transform for you? Um, so my side of things has been a little bit more on the professional thing and a little bit more like, career developing. Like, mm -hmm. going to school at UWM, I was a business kid doing marketing and supply chain, and yeah. <laughs> zero idea what the fuck to do with that. Like, yeah. everybody's just like, oh, you work for Kimberly Clark, you work for Amazon, you work for the big corporation. Yeah. All that sounded so terrible yeah. to me. Yeah, right. And I always wanted to work in music, but I didn't, it wasn't until like halfway through school that I was like, wait, there's like, a whole business side to this. Mm -hmm. So eventually, like getting a job in marketing at Paps, and then thankfully, like within six months, somebody left, and I was able to move up into talent buying. Um, it's opened my eyes to the entire operation of what's going on. There's constant decisions that have to be made for new equipment. Uh, we just put in a brand new bar at the or at Turner. Um, we renovated all the Riverside bars to have new coolers. Um, we had to get a new hospitality director because our hospitality director just left to tour manage for Meek Mill. Mm -hmm. um, oh, yeah. we, So there's like constantly new things always kind of going in motion. And it's been really great for me to like understand all that venue management side and the actual like talent side because without the talent and without making sure the venues are in pristine condition, mm -hmm. the best for the customers, we don't have a business. Mm -hmm. right. So um, it's made it to the point where when I go to shows, like, yeah, I'm there for the music, 
but good lord, I'm just analyzing any venue I go into yeah. at this point. <laughs> like when I was at Lala the entire time, I'm like, oh, I do this different. I would do this. I would do that. Mm -hmm. And like, that's true. Of course, I'm completely wrong because Lala is a whole different beast. That's right. hundreds of thousands of people mm. in Chicago of all places, and it doesn't at all run like a venue that's enclosed space. Right, yeah. Outside is a whole different world. But I can't go in, into any venue without. Thinking what I do different. Yeah, I remember when we were when we went to Summerfest, uh, we checked out Lizzo, and mm -hmm. of course we had gone there after she, like she had gone on, so yeah. it was literally all the way to the back, completely full. Like we're by the lake. Yeah, literally <laughs> because all the way in the back, and yeah, and it literally just turned into like talking shop and be yeah. like, you know. Uh, her her being on this stage, how would that be compared to another stage? Yeah, um, where we would move like different seating areas and like right. again, it was one of those instances where half the time we were just watching a big digital board. Anyways, mm -hmm. what could it, how could they do it differently of like raising up the stage? Could right. they have some sort of depressed down thing so that people are more on a hill? I don't know. Yeah, we think sure. it, we think more in those terms and or just a way of. Remove the benches. That too. Just remove uh, the benches. Yeah. I know that it's for we a safety so thing, much. but it's like it becomes more of a safety concern. Yeah. Especially when you're seeing flume during a, a thunderstorm and everybody's just drenched, <laughs> slipping all over the place. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's got to be a, a better, safer way for yeah. patrons. But yeah. That's what has happened to me and Parker as we've been working for the past for the past for the last two years that. We're starting to think in terms of how can we improve a concert experience for us, but more importantly for everybody around us. Mm -hmm. So it's not fighting over this mm -hmm. spot. You can't. Mm -hmm. It's there's no animosity for the people who show up because I mean a bunch of drunk people is right, as good yeah. as trying to hurry to <clears throat> hurt a cattle. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But that's where that's what's happened for my experiences at least and. Unfortunately, it makes me cynical sometimes. Then right. just take a breather, go to a right. show I like, and then yeah, gets yeah. back to square one. Yeah, I um, don't want to be stressed out by what I love. For sure. Yeah, no, I, for sure. I so I used to work. Um, I worked at a concert venue for two summers back uh, in Chicago. Um, I was at the Hollywood Casino Amphitheater in Tinley Park. Um, I was security and I was on perimeter both summers. So like. <clears throat> Um, I was like basically standing in one spot all night, and uh, I did very little actual security. It was both. It was mostly just answering the same question yeah. fifty times a night, which is either can I get in with in this gate with this ticket? I'm like they're all the same. Just yeah. go in a gate. Doesn't yeah. matter. General admission. Mm -hmm. Right. Or can I get back in? I'm like, nope. We have a no reentry policy. Mm -hmm. Sorry. Mm -hmm. And, um, and like, I, like, it was just, it was a very, like, bland job. Uh, I felt like I was pretty, like, useless, mm -hmm. like, for the most, because, like, really the only thing I ever had to watch for was, like, if cars tried to, like, drop off in spots that, like, they were not supposed to drop off in, because mm -hmm. it was an outdoor venue, and there's this whole, like, perimeter, like, parking lot structure thing, mm -hmm. and... And, like, I got caught in, like, this huge, like, sort of uh, moral, uh, this moral crisis, uh, like, 
the second the second year I did it, and this was such bullshit to this day. Like I will speak on this. Like, after this, I was like, okay, fuck this place, because because I was working warp tour. And uh, yeah, warp tour. R.I.P. So warp tour. R.I.P. warp tour. <laughs> just uh, no. Heading out of shit. Yeah. This is a nice table. We want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> coasters. Shout out coasters. Anyway, um, but there was like a, you know there's a bunch of like 14, 15 year old kids there, and they don't necessarily you know they don't understand the way the venue works, and there was this girl that was like. She had to be like 14, 15, and she like, she was apparently like from out of town. She had never been here before, and she like got a call from one of her parents, and she walked out of the gate to like answer the call, and the the people at the gate did not let her back in when she tried to re-enter. Oh. Like they literally said, "No, you you left. You can't come back in," and she was with a whole friend group. Like, she, like, this literally, like, ruined her entire experience. Like, she couldn't, yeah. she could not, like, she just couldn't go back in after she literally, like, just didn't know. Yeah. And she was just, like, talking to, like, her parents, and then she was literally crying, like, having, like, a panic attack on, on the side of the gate, like, freaking out. And I was like, holy shit, like, what's going on? Like, mm-hmm. and... I remember like literally getting in like an argument, like a f- an argument. Like I got very hostile, mm-hmm. like yelling at people at this gate. I'm like, "What is wrong with you guys? Literally, just let her back in." Yeah, like yeah. she didn't fucking know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I will say that, like, I will say this again. Like, fuck Hollywood Casino Amphitheater and the way that place <laughs> is run because. It is so, like, it was such bullshit because they didn't even end up letting her back in. She ended up having to leave early. It ruined her whole whole fucking day. That's terrible. It's really fucking, it was... I understand the whole no re-entry, but, like, if it's a fucking kid who doesn't know what's going on, and you're really going to make a 14-year-old be stranded in Mm -hmm. Chicago, like, or anywhere for that matter, that's just so, uh, like, crossing the line of, like... It's just irresponsible at, yeah. at the end of the day. Like, uh, the thing is, like, talking with a lot of, like, the, the Primar security staff that, that works our shows and even some of the ticket scanners things, it's like if, you, like, if you're stepping outside and we can still see you, right. like, yeah. even... Well, we have a re-entry for right. 90% of our shows. Right. Yeah. The time we, like... Like, when we don't have re-entry, it's usually because we're at capacity. Yeah. It's yeah. freezing cold outside, that right. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But, like, even if it's somebody... Like, we've had it where we had to take somebody out for an emergency. Mm-hmm. And, like, their friend goes down or whatever, but comes back up. We're not going to say no to that person. Right. Like, yeah. You, we you did more for that person right. than yeah. we even could. We right. don't know their names. We don't know anything right. about them. Like, mm-hmm. we don't know what drugs they took. Yeah. Whatever it may be. But, yeah, it's... Having some sort of, you know, moral code, like, mm-hmm. you're not going to just leave people to fend for themselves when right. they're helpless. Yeah, especially as somebody that, like, you know, I take, like, because this girl was, like, having a panic attack. And, like, as someone, like, I I mean, like, I've dealt with panic attacks, and, like, they're not fun. They're mm-hmm. terrifying, and, like, especially at such a young age, like, you know, like, you... Without anybody around. Right, too, right, right, right. Exactly, like... Poor, it was very poorly managed by the like by the 
by the management of the venue and like I think that that's something that you know there's some venues really fuck up in that way mm -hmm. like safety concerns mm -hmm. and just you know there's policies that just don't really make sense because there's a lot of nuances that come with it at the end mm -hmm. of the day you know? oh man you gotta be you gotta be prepared for for anything mm -hmm. I, I mean I no I'm kidding like a month or two ago I'm working uh, doors at a show at Turner and um, it was a little bit after the opener had gone on and these two guys that had come in, one of them had walked back and was talking to the other, my coworker I was with and was saying, hey, um, would we be able to get a chair? Uh, my friend here, he had a stroke and we immediately go into panic mode, yeah. just like, my God, let's get security, like, let's get you know somebody on the line to get an ambulance here. And like, I think I think the friend just saw it on the on my coworker's face, just that shocked look, and he's like, "No, no, no!" Like he had a stroke like a couple of days ago. He's just still like feeling fatigued, mm -hmm. like so he just wants to sit down. And we're just like, "Oh man!" Yeah. Like, why are you asking for a chair? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, props for the dude yeah. for going to the show, man. Like, way way yeah. to push through it. But it's like, and and the thing was is. Uh, guy was super nice and respectful, and he's like, "Oh no, oh man, I totally see how that could have been taken the wrong way." Um, but you know, if anything, it's it's just good to know that, like, in that moment, it's like I had five different things go through my head in terms of like get in contact with these people, see if the person's okay, and like just being able to react like that. You know, yeah. you never know what you're gonna deal with. So, kid, like, how is like so? I guess like how like uh, how would you describe like a day in the life of like talent buying like what like do you like uh, communicate just like with the like the tour managers and stuff like that like that sort of thing. Um. So there's kind of a lot of people I'm talking with in regular rotation. Um. You know when there's a new show going on. Um. Like internally, I have to communicate like, oh, we have this new show starting. Here's the marketing information. Here's the ticket prices for the box office. Um, here are the budgets for each department because there's hospitality, there's security, there's production, there's X, Y, and Z, all these different things. Do we need a barricade? Do we need uh, some weird thing? I don't know. Constantly having to communicate those. So that's what we do internally. But outside of that, um, it's talking to a lot of agents. Um, being so young and green, there are a few agents that I'm kind of good friends with and work a lot with, but most of the bands that I'm booking are baby bands mm -hmm. for the most part. Um, my bosses are the ones who have those stronger connections to people who have, I don't know, like Jerry Seinfeld and yeah. uh, Widespread Panic comes back every year. Mm -hmm. and those are huge like acts with huge agents. And, you know, Every so often I'll help out with those kind of things, but most of the time I'm just filling out paperwork for them. Or, for sure, contract side of things, being the young guy in the office. Um, but every so often, I am also like advancing shows, so that's the whole process of like getting all the information to the tour managers and the tours for you know whatever they need for hospitality, production. Like, oh, here's when we're going to be in town. Uh, where should we park? Who do we talk to about getting our 
tech advanced, who can shop our rider, all that mm -hmm. kind of stuff. Yeah. So there's a lot of communication in that way. Sometimes I'm talking straight to the artist, sometimes I'm talking to a tour manager and it just varies every day on who I'm all talking to. Yeah, for it's sure. too much to honestly keep track of most of the time, so mm -hmm. it's a lot of organization is needed on my part, but uh, I'm trying my best, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> totally. We're still here, um, so. Yeah, and <laughs> the, the toughest thing, though, for us at PGG is just being an independent promoter. Um, we're one of the last major ones out there, you know, like First Ave in Minneapolis is another one. Oh, yeah. But otherwise, you know, Madison is Live Nation now, Chicago is mostly Live Nation. Yeah. Um, the venue I worked for was Live Nation. Yeah. yeah. And AEG is another one that is around pretty often. And we still do shows with them. They'll If they bought out a whole tour, we work directly with them. And usually they handle those kind of details with artists and stuff. So that relieves some of the... Uh, the legwork on my part, but otherwise, you know, you're usually people have to talk directly to our full-time staff and get everything taken care of, mm -hmm. and then it's on us to communicate everything to our part-time staff. Sure, sure, sure. I mean, we're we're an in, independent promoter, and we're one of the smaller ones, but we still have the upwards of 200 plus employees at a time, mm -hmm. which is crazy for as small a company as we are. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So then there's also a lot of working with the local venues and local partners. You know, we have sponsorships with Miller, uh, Miller Coors. Mm -hmm. um, we work with the Pfizer Forum on a lot of shows. Uh, Mad Planet, sometimes we try to work, like we had Boney Bear there. Uh, oh, yeah. I remember. Uh, I mean, we'll try to, like, organize after parties, and usually it's a place like Mad Planet that we end up doing that at. Um, and Boney Bear requested to do it at Mad Planet because that was the first place he played. And that was like my second week into working at PTG that I went to. Wow. This wild little thing, and I didn't know anybody there, but ended up meeting the entire company. And it's amazing. It's been really cool because I love everybody I work with. It's oh, yeah. a really great work atmosphere. They're not, like, in the concert promotion world and in the entertainment world, they always talk about how it's cutthroat. It's like, you gotta be willing to work 80 hours a week. You gotta work every day of the weekend. You gotta stay at the office as late as you possibly can. And that's the opposite for us. Like, people have lives. Mm -hmm. Come in late mm -hmm. if you need to. Like, if you're having a shitty day, work from home. Whatever it may be. And that's mm -hmm. really, really important because this can get taxing on us. You know, I, yeah. I have the regular nine to five. Um, but then, you know, after this, I gotta go work a show at Turner Hall, and that'll go until probably midnight, one o'clock. Who's playing? Them Coolie Boys. Oh, okay. They're a pretty cool little jam bluegrass sure. band. I book a lot of those right now. Mm -hmm. um, well, that's right up your alley, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for the most part, but I'm always trying to expand the horizons. I was trying to get Thundercat for a while, but it didn't end up fitting in. And mm -hmm. Yeah. Hopefully Crangbin in the next year. Yeah. Oh yeah. Hell yeah. It's I toured with King Gizzard last year. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I'm always trying to get those low-key dudes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, like it's a lot of stuff. Yeah, giving them giving them sort of that uh, platform of appreciation in a way where mm -hmm. it's like you know mm -hmm. there's gonna be people that come out to see them and oh, it's yeah. like yeah you know like we want you to play here and like yeah. we want people in. Milwaukee to, you know, see your show, like, you yeah. know, appreciate your music more. And develop your audience, too, because yeah. 
you know, like, thankfully we have a place like Colectivo that's small enough that we can throw almost any band in there. And it, it's like, we call it our, like, daycare because it's where we put the baby bands. It's where mm-hmm. we put people who maybe had that one hit on Spotify that has two million plays, but then everything else is in the 100,000 range. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But people will come for that one song, and then they end up loving the show, and then they yeah. come for their support shows when yeah. they play for other bands in the market and stuff. And and then, But then we're also trying to always develop kind of cool new things with them. Mm-hmm. Um, like, we just had uh, um, Kanalu play at Colectivo opening for the go-rounds. Cool. Um, not many people ended up going to the show, but I work with Here Here Presents, Ryan Holman. Shout out Ryan. Mm-hmm. Shout out Ryan. Um, and he and we did a great job of getting kind of a little filmed sound check session with them, and we're trying to develop that as kind of a thing for these baby bands, so they can use Milwaukee almost as a place for them to get some free PR, some mm-hmm. yeah. free stuff to put out on YouTube, like, hey, here's us performing live. Mm-hmm. Maybe see us live. Yeah, right, right. Maybe buy a ticket. Um, um, but yeah, it's really, really cool to have a place like that and give people a chance. And then Collective is also the best place for us to be able to get local support yeah, into right, the yeah. mix of things. I'm, I have a running list of, you know, artists and what their genre might be and how they might fit into a show. And we're always trying to. That becomes intuitive, you know, like who's, yeah. who you're gonna pair with what, you know. Yeah, and who has a little bit of a draw for the right crowd, and mm. that's a weird world that I didn't realize I would be in, but it's been a pretty big part of my job, actually, where yeah. they loop me in just to see who might fit the bill. Yeah. Even if it's not Milwaukee-based, Minneapolis is another area, Chicago, and I've had a few bands that have been in the room who like were on a whole tour for support from Michigan or Iowa or whatever, and they're like, hey, like, We'll drive here anytime, mm-hmm. purely for the hospitality, <laughs> which is a big thing too that we try to offer. We try to give bands Total. a little bit of a piece yeah. of home yeah. on the road. At Company Brewing, we always give the family meal, the big uh, yeah. hospitality thing Heck for yeah. the show. So, yeah. Parker, uh, so I know, like you said, you're like event staff. Like, how do you hope to move up in the company? Uh, well, I've um, luckily started training uh, to take on the responsibilities of front of house at Collectivo, um, along with a, a few others, which is great. Um, mostly just, you know, for for a lot of us that have been with the company um, for next about a month, we got a lot of greenhorns that have come in. Um, so the ones that have been around uh, the longest, um, we're just trying to. I think just trying to get them as integrated as possible and uh, just making it have be more open availability. But um, no, it's um, like he was saying about um, about the back room. Um, even just with my first training shift, uh, it's really surreal to see these artists come in that are at, at this tier that they're just they're just happy to play anywhere. Yeah. They're just yeah. they're just thankful to get their music out somewhere right. and. Um, um, but that also relates to our staff in a way, mm-hmm. because it is a place where we can give somebody like Parker or anybody else new to the company a chance to take on a little bit more responsibility yeah. that they might not. So now, like yeah. now, I've I've got an eye into uh, settlement and uh, being able to, uh, you know, if if Kit isn't able, if he's working on another show, I can be the one to sit down with the band and explain to him all the different expenses, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Whereas, you know, before this, I've 
I was, I'm basically just a laborer, you know, yeah. setting up chairs at Turner, right. scanning tickets, you know, being a runner, being a usher. Yeah. yeah. So like it, uh, it really, it really, <laughs> it really opened my eyes to, and being there like the whole day, you get, you know, your fill of everything. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, shout out to Howdy and the Melda from Austin, Texas. Um, that show, once again, it wasn't the, one of those shows that didn't get that many people, but you talked to any of these people that were there and had absolute ball. And, yeah. and both, both of the artists, um, including the supporting local act, Ghost Orchard, shouts out, um, super appreciative of everything. Um, lead singer of Howdy actually made a joke, he's like, man, I think this is the first green room we've been in that we were able to request arugula. You know? <laughs> That's and cool. we go and like, you know, yeah. give them some, some healthy options. And our, uh, our uh, not the house manager, but the hospitality manager that yeah. was there was just like, Jesus, what are they getting? Like frozen pizza like yeah. on some of these shows? Like, Which is pretty often, you know? You know, even, even, even down to our smallest venue, we, we try to provide the best you know, service and homely kind of course. Otherwise, why did they make that rider document? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. For no reason. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. But another big thing for people like Parker at the back room or even just our front of house employees that get these kind of experiences is that they're also the face of our company. It, like, yeah. nobody knows who our owners really are. The only people who really know them are the agents. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, it's the event staffers, it's the people who are there night of that are the face of the company. And when they're directly interacting with an artist, because of their good service and such a good job that they do, that's the reason why an artist wants to come back. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the money and fans, whatever, that's always a big part. That's the main goal. But when an artist says, man, I had the best hospitality, in Milwaukee because of this company. Mm -hmm. The guy I met there was super nice, whatever it may be. Yeah. That all leads into us getting a chance at a show rather than them just skipping us and making more money in Chicago. And yeah. and there's 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 artists out there, um well name names specifically, but there's artists out there um that, that we've worked with in the past and like just to say like Milwaukee is one of my favorite cities to, to stop in on a yeah. tour. Well mm -hmm. to quote Ryan Stiles from Who's Line Best green room in the country, Milwaukee. Wow, that's pretty cool. There you have it. It's good official. job. Good, it's good. That's the only one I have off the top of my head because yeah. dude's ginormous. Right. Like almost seven feet. I don't know if that's actually true, but he looked really ginormous <laughs> being as short as I am. So. That's, that's awesome. <laughs> um, also, like, and I, I've like, uh, sort of like something on you guys kind of relate on that I've experienced through covering local shows, like for breaking and entering, is how, um, just how like, um, sort of transformative it is when you like are seeing a show, you enjoy the show, and then you get like get to talk to the artist afterwards, and they're just you know, it's just like. Talk, it's just they're just another human being, you know. Like, yeah. mm -hmm. They're not, you know. Once they're off the stage, it's like they're just like you and I, and, yeah. and like just hanging out, right? And it's like you, and it's like a lot of people have to like sort of curve their like, you know, their fanboying or fangirling, and mm -hmm. like, yeah, just be like, you know, this person, like, you, know, you can tell them you love the show, you can right. tell them, you know, you're a fan, like whatever, but like. You know, don't make them feel uncomfortable. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And like, 
I'm not there to become best friends with them. Right. They're to honestly just make them feel more comfortable. Right. You're yeah. just there to you know just um, admire and appreciate them for coming and mm, and yeah. you know sharing what they have to offer in this world and uh, yeah like. I don't know, it's, like, I, th I think it's really cool when, like, you can just get to know an artist, like, you know, on a personal basis, where, like, you can be like, how, like, how did you feel about this, or, like, you know, how did how you, you accomplish that? that? Yeah. yeah, like, just asking them things about themselves and about their, their artistic process. Mm -hmm. Like, I, it's no lie, people love to talk about themselves. Yeah. You know, they love when people ask them questions about, like, what went into something that they mm -hmm. did. You know, like, that's just a... You know, it's just something that people makes people feel valued, right. and I think that like you can really just accomplish a lot of that by asking them about just asking them questions rather than you know being like, "Oh my God, you're my favorite." Yeah. Like, oh God, I can't. <laughs> this song got me through this. Right. Yeah. And it's like, right. yeah, that's nice to hear, but that's about you. It's right. It's, it's not about them. Yeah, but. But even half the time, they don't even necessarily want to talk about them. They want to talk about what's exciting them, what's inspiring them. Right. Like, I'm as awkward as anybody can get, especially around artists that I really like. Yeah. And half the time, I'll just be like, you know, I really like what you're putting out. Like, and as dumb as it sounds, I just say, thanks for the music. Hope you had a great time here. Especially if you can tell, like, they're really exhausted. It's been a long yeah, tour. Right. Mm -hmm. it happens pretty often where we're on the last leg of it, yeah. too. And they'll even just like, appreciate that. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. But it is really special, and it's really cool when you can, like, you see, like, an artist's eyes kind of, like, light up, and they're, like, excited to talk about the new thing they're working on. Mm -hmm. Like, I, the only artist I've, like, actually had a pretty good conversation in a long time of hanging out with was Marcus King. Um, and he's one of my favorite artists, but we talked for probably 30 minutes after his opening set for uh, Umphreys McGee. Oh, cool. And he said, like, who he's starting to work with. He had said back then he was making a new album with uh, Dan Auerbach from mm -hmm. the Black Keys to make an Americana album. And I was like, man, how did that happen? We just went into depth on how much he liked the Black Keys growing up and how much, you know, he was just really inspired by him and he got the reach out from Dan actually so it, it's really cool to be able to hear that kind of process when normally you have to like listen to a whole interview or right. to get that yeah to it. get yeah. that that answer you're looking for exactly right. Right. and if you get a signed vinyl out of it you know that's <laughs> even better right but yeah. that for me that's never really my end goal I have a few random signed mm -hmm. albums but it's purely because like I just put it in the green room and saw if they would sign it. Like, <laughs> yeah, you're right, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's not great. <laughs> That's easy. Oh, sweet. I was just leaving it here for a while. Pretty much. Didn't yeah. Know, didn't know what was gonna happen. Right, right. And then it happens. Yeah. That's the yeah. that's one of the big things I think a lot of people don't realize too with an artist, like if they're waiting by the tour bus or whatever, they have an expectation that an artist is gonna come out and they're gonna interact and you know, spend all this time talking to them and make a big connection with them. In reality, they're likely going to just walk right by and get on the bus. Yeah. Which mm -hmm. sucks to say to some people, right. but that's the reality. Right. And you can't blame them for it. They no. could be really tired, they could just be 
you know, had a long day, and yeah. you know, they're long day of traveling. They just, need to, they just need to shut out the rest of the world, yeah. And, yeah. which all three of us have to do after mm -hmm. we've had a long day. Oh, so you, you know, you can't uh, can't slight them, right? You can't blame an artist for wanting to do the same thing. Yeah, it, I think it was um, it was after Alana Glazer's show. She was planning to just hang out in our green room afterwards because it's kind of a big living room and we have like whole arcade area mm -hmm. in it and mm -hmm. um I knew she was gonna hang out for like an hour or so and there were like twenty people still waiting outside. And I go out and like I don't mean to sound like an asshole and I'm not trying to make you leave. But she's gonna be in there for an hour or so. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Unless you guys like really wanna stick around, I wouldn't expect much to happen. Mm -hmm. You know, eventually people just cleared out but yeah. Yeah. it is a tough part of Mm -hmm. Being popular, I guess. Yeah, right. And, and it's <laughs> and hard. Fame. It makes it harder on you because it's like, you know, I have to be like the bearer of bad news. Yeah, like, for all these people who just had like an amazing. Right. I have, to I have to politely tell people to fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, hey, you don't have to go home, but you probably yeah. should not stay here. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um,. So I'm curious, like, I guess, yeah, what are some shows you guys are looking forward to personally? Next couple months. Here you go. Um, gotta say, uh, Mac DeMarco, Tubber right, first, yeah. the Riverside. Uh, I personally have never seen him before. He's great. Yeah. And um, I just, just like everything he's about. Here comes the cowboy. You know, there's yeah. gonna be haters about it, but I love it. I think it's a great album. Mm -hmm. I love, uh, I love Choo Choo, the train song, because they <laughs> actually have a wooden train whistle that they that they play with. Yeah. Um, and then also in October. Uh, Mount Joy. Uh, ever since I listened to their debut album, man, that, that's been stuck in my brain mm. constantly. Nice. Um, nice. And then Tash Sultana in about, oh, yeah. in about yeah. two weeks. Yeah. Just I, I, that's the thing. It's just it's a bunch of different stuff. The thing is, there's always <laughs> things in rotation, and I seem to always forget what's all going on. Mm -hmm. but, I mean, off the top of my head, um, definitely Tash. Um, Nick Offerman's coming up, and oh, yeah. he's oh, a yeah. really, really nice guy. Mm. Um, Did you see the new, that movie, Hearts Beat Loud, that just came out with him no. last year? Oh, it's a great movie. Uh, Most recently I saw online, uh, somebody, so, I don't know if you know what deep fakes are, but it's mm. like that bullshit of like super edited and putting like fake faces on stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Somebody took the Full House opening intro Dude, yeah. and put Nick Offerman as Ron Swanson on everyone. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like the regular full Full House oh, intro like, yeah. of him like smiling and like yeah, the other stuff. Hilarious. I don't know what it is, but Nick Even Offerman. as like the Olsen things too. <laughs> yeah, even with <laughs> the full mustache. And, yeah, all of it. <laughs> Incredible. And at the end, it's like all of them in a picture together, and it's all just Nick Offerman. Yeah, that's hilarious. In the car. No, that's um, wonderful. But then uh, other shows. Um, well, so I don't know what it is about the magic of the month of October. Um, it's my favorite month because it's my birthday month. Right. So, but yeah, my over my birthday weekend, we had the three nights of widespread panic, which. Mm -hmm. It's a lot, lot of work for our company, but I absolutely love it because, like, I spend almost every day there from 2 p.m. to 3 a.m. because I also run the after parties at Moe's afterwards. Mm -hmm. um, but during those three days, we also have Matt and Kim at Turner Hall, oh, yeah. Yeah. and I really love Matt and Kim because mm -hmm. when I graduated high school, I saw them like six times in a <laughs> year here, and then I haven't seen them since. Right. Um, and then. 
the on my birthday is Thievery Corporation. Which oh, is Thievery a, Corporation is so dope. Which yeah. is really fucking dope. And I'm trying to get some really cool support on that show. A few cool options are in there, and we'll see what happens with that. Um, but widespread really is like a special time for the company. Like we shut down Wisconsin between uh, the end of our block up to Plankington all the way across the bridge. Mm -hmm. This year we're hopefully going to have a few more food trucks and a little cool. bit more festivities and stuff mm -hmm. going on. Mm -hmm. um, and it's also like the best time to really tap into like who our audience is. Like, like I, yeah, I love the music and I love the artists that come, but like at the end of the day, the only reason why I have my job is because of our audience and because people keep buying fucking tickets. Mm -hmm. And these are the people who are paying my livelihood. So I get a chance to talk to these people who come from Houston, Utah, Arizona, all this stuff from all over. And they've been coming up to Milwaukee for the last almost 20 years to see Widespread Panic mm -hmm. play three nights. And I just, Damn. I'll have a conversation with any of these people as long as they want, as fucked up as they are, purely to like just learn more about why it is they keep coming up keep coming back and it's because they love our venue. They said it sounds the best, it's like the coolest thing to be up in Milwaukee and in Wisconsin during the fall because it's really beautiful here mm -hmm. and um, it's just a special time of year. Yeah. I'm not so big of a fan of chatting with them when I have to run the door at Moe's but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I, that's I good because I'm on full crowd control management. Yeah. We're at bare bones for our staff and nobody's trying yeah. to be there until I used to work at Moe's. It gets crowded. Yeah. Very, very crowded very yeah. easily. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I've got to stand at the door and fend people off like, no, you uh, need to pay to get in here. Yeah. Well, why do I have to pay? This is a bar. Right. Well, it's an after party right now. Right. So. Never enjoyed the post Riverside blues. Yeah, it's <laughs> a little bit a little bit rough during that time. But, you know, it is a special time of year and we, all the co-workers, we all do spe like special things. We all smoke cigars afterwards. Oh, fine. Nice. Walk and yeah, that's that's um, fun. The yeah. widespread guys are all really, really kind dudes like there's very often artists who don't want to talk or whatever and as we discussed that's fine but these guys are just like they love coming here mm -hmm. they've known my boss Matt for years and years and years and they're just they're like a bunch of grandmas yeah <laughs> yeah yeah at this point yeah. just <laughs> throwing a hell of a show and the fan base as wookish as they are All right. they are very very good to us and they mm -hmm. They pay us our livelihood. That's yeah. a big thing. Yeah. I'd say personally, um, in terms of uh, PTG shows, uh, there's a couple gems coming up that I might. I know Stereo Lab, mm -hmm. very yeah. iconic '90s band, is yeah. coming in October. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Toro y Moi is coming. Halloween. Halloween. Halloween yeah. disco party, y'all. Whitney. Whitney. Yeah. Whitney yes. is playing. Um, it was really great. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, I think uh, yeah. There's a couple other ones. The the death metal band Nile is coming as yeah. well. Yeah, man, you guys you get some really fucking good shows. Always. Yeah. I pretty sure some com comedians coming too. Yeah. I know we've always got a lot of comedians coming through. Yeah. Uh, well, Nick is one of the biggest yeah, ones, right. obviously. Mm -hmm. Louis Black. Yeah, Kyle Kinane. Mm -hmm. And he seems to come back. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He, he even loves fall, Milwaukee. Every spring and fall, he comes yeah. back. We actually just booked one of our first Collectivo 
like usually we don't do comedy at Colectivo. Like we don't want to turn it into, you know, a comedy bar. Right. Yeah. Right. Because we want the like we we're trying to stay away from like taking away the entire comedy world because it's a really important thing for right, local yeah. clubs and locals yeah. to be able to do it at random stand-up bars. But we booked one at Colectivo for a guy named Harry. Um, it's like it starts with a K. It, it's a foreign last name. Yeah, I'm not very good at pronouncing, <laughs> but uh, very excited because he used to be a writer on a bunch of different shows and that kind of stuff. And it's cool to see those kind of people come through, like, yeah, mm-hmm. who are behind some of the funniest TV shows. Right. Oh, out totally. And yeah. then, they deserve recognition. A lot of recognition. Totally. I mean, that's where people like uh, Donald Glover came from. You know, yeah. like, mm-hmm. writing on Thirty Rock and how he's arguably one of the best actors and musicians of our time. Which yeah. is insane. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Wish I were a lot older back when he was yeah. first starting out. Yeah. <laughs> but whatever. Yeah. It's not a PTG show, but I am excited that Brockhampton just got announced at the rave. Yeah. We almost four. had that at rave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shit. That was... Mm. I saw that... Uh, Moving on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, that's very exciting. Yeah, I saw that... Juice World played at Riverside. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I went to high school with him, actually. That's oh wild. Yeah, he went to high school. <laughs> he was a freshman when I was a senior. <laughs> but I was so like, I was like, oh, he's playing at the Riverside. Wow. Yeah. You know, I, uh, were you working on that show? Yeah, and he was one of honestly our best hip hop shows we've ever had. That's awesome. He sold better than Wu Tang Clan. Damn! Holy shit! Kids like nineteen twenty. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. <laughs> and Wu Tang playing their most famous album ever all together yeah. still couldn't outsell this kid. Like That's wild. No business in doing that. Right. Yeah. I guess with the generation like yeah. it comes with yeah. like kids who are listening to someone who's their age making cool music. Yeah. But it's like more the, like the old heads in mm-hmm. terms of hip hop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They they're harping to Wu Tang. So totally. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. We're gonna close out. Uh, close it. Parker, what keeps you up at night? What keeps me up at night? Yikes. That's a that's a good question. Um <laughs> I don't know. I think it's I think it's me just like recapping something that's going on in my head and then <laughs> going through all the different variations of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um I am a, I'm an introverted heart. But if you get me talking about something I really like, I'll just start spewing out all this stuff. Yeah. But then I also catch myself and I'm like, people are either going to think this is just fucking dumb or just whatever. So yeah. I just talk about it to myself and have a laugh. Because, you know, yeah. I don't know. What keeps, no, you know what? You know what actually keeps me up at night? What's that? Is the fucking environment. And I don't do enough. <laughs> no, I really don't do enough to support it. Yeah, but like, it. I've become right. such a cynic about the direction things are going right now. I, I, and yeah. so, um, I just kind of am enjoying life for as long as I can while we're while we're still here. Um, yeah. Mars is for the rich. Yeah. Um, the Amazon's burning. Yeah. The Amazon, the Amazon is burning. burning. Right. We don't can all be. We. The thing is. We're all like we're all in some in some uh, uh, to some extent we're all fucking up the environment like mm-hmm. all of us individually it's all about reducing our uh, carbon footprint yeah uh, so 
that's something right. We can, can all do better. We can all do better. Right. The corporations can do much. And this is yeah. And oh, this yeah. isn't like a the thoughts and prayers thing. It's oh, like no. it's like. I think the corporations are the biggest ones that yeah. are are culpable. So, totally. Kit, what about you? What what keeps you up at night? Um, renovating old buildings to make them into venues. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's, that's what they're doing. That's what they're doing with the new state right now. That's what I yeah. really. It's what I daydream about, and it's what I think about because I want to expand business and I want to keep bringing cool music and cool experiences to this really uh, yeah. fucking cool city and yeah. these yeah. really fucking cool people that we call Milwaukeeans. Mm. Yes, agreed. What puts you to sleep? What puts me to sleep? Ooh, man. Um. <laughs> um. Listening to to vinyls and yep. and not even and not even just like more like lighthearted um, music uh, like I just got um, in the mail uh, Krangbin's uh, special uh, Fuji Rock release oh, when they cool. performed at Fuji Rock and it includes a bunch of like their early songs on previous EPs as well as like some renditions of some other songs um, but I could still throw on. <laughs> I, could, <laughs> I could still throw on a King Gizzard record and yeah, go right, sleep right. peacefully. Just some thrash. I yeah. have uh, the paper mache. Oh man! Yeah, it's that's such a. That's my. That's my favorite Gizzard record. That's, I have in my that's that's one of those albums that it's like if you're trying to dip your toe into an artist, you could start there, and yeah. we'll kind of judge. Yeah. Judge yeah, yeah, if you're yeah, like yeah. build from there. I like yeah, this. Where it's like, right. do they have something more rocky? Yes, oh, but yeah. we're gonna take baby steps. Right, exactly. <laughs> what puts you to sleep? Three things. Number one is Crangbin. Crangbin, yeah. My favorite. Shout band. out Crangbin. Shout out Crangbin. My yeah, they're gonna watch this one day. I know they will. I know. Also, well, I'll show it to them when they come to Riverside. <laughs> yes, great. Um, number two is Planet Earth with Crangbin playing over. <laughs> and I number three is Finding Nemo. Oh, right. I'll put on Finding Nemo and like fall asleep. Like, it's maybe. such a, yeah, it's a soothing movie. Really. It's because they have so many like wave sounds mm -hmm. and like the orchestra playing. Mm -hmm. And also, there's something really nice about Ellen DeGeneres' voice. Yeah, yeah I, 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 that makes sense. That does make sense. <laughs> and also, just the whole like blueness in the mm -hmm. ocean, mm -hmm. like it's it's calming. It chills yeah. me out. Right, yeah. I actually just watched The Planet Earth 2. Uh, I hadn't seen it yet, but I recently watched that. It was phenomenal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, yeah, I'd say. I. I mean, I haven't bought records in a while, but it's good. Save the money. Yeah, you have to save the money. So you'll go. Save. You'll go into debt, folks. You fucking will. Credit card debt. Records put me to sleep and relax me until they until like the the side is over and I have to oh. like I get out of my like <laughs> I get out in, of my like pseudo sleep because I have to yeah. fucking flip the record. Mm -hmm. yep. It's so just enough to wake you up to be like ah shit. Like that's a, that's the <laughs> thing that we have at our house is that like if we'll be if we'll be like over like playing Super Smash Bros or something or like we're down in the dining room or whatever. One of us will just like perk up and be like, "Inside the record's done." Yeah, Somebody, music's off. Somebody's got to go up. flip it. But <laughs> it's like, yeah. 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 <laughs> also, we haven't shouted him out. At, you haven't mentioned him yet uh, this episode, but shout out Mitch Kazmarowski. Yes, shout out Mitch, Mitch. you bitch. Yeah, <laughs> it just kind of comes with the territory. It, it rhymes. You also, shouts out Abe. Yeah, Abe. Yeah, you've been. Y'all have been some great. 
great homies to be with. Yeah. We call um, our house the coop. Yeah. Well, you guys have been friends since I've known you guys, like all yeah. four of you, and mm -hmm. like it's great, like awesome to see you guys doing so much cool shit together. That's what life is all about. Music brought us together, man. Yeah. Music Can't brought us together. Yeah. <laughs> We're all homies. Uh, we absolutely are. Actually, Kit, it's funny because about three years ago, um, in 2016 at uh, Rumpel's old place, shout out Aaron Rumpel. <laughs> shout out Aaron Rumpel. You, you, you. God. But back at his old place on Maryland, I remember like my other, my, my best friend from home, my friend Aaron, who was visiting me for a night, I remember like I brought him out to like the house and we were all partying, mm -hmm. hanging out. But I remember you put him on to Sun Squabby. Yeah. Oh. still, I remember he was like talking about Sun Squabby like way after like that night, like when we were still like hanging out. He was like, yeah, that guy Kit. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's yep. a, it's a, a music guy. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Not many kids out in the world. Right, yeah. Thank you for watching, Mr. Nice Guy. Uh, keep in touch with uh, the Paps Theater Group and its shows yeah. coming up this fall. Great lineup. Yeah. Uh, we'll see you next time. Just go see music, guys. Just go see music. Mr. Nice Guy's the best. Yeah. <laughs>